Turn to Acts chapter 8. I've talked about this recently, but I want to talk about it again because I believe that we are on the edge of some real persecution that's going to take place in this country. We want to be alive. We want to be on fire. And I want to culminate what we're saying today and how can we be a part of this and what God is doing today because a lot of churches are dead. Lighthouse Fellowship is alive. Lighthouse Fellowship, the things that are happening, I believe we're right on the edge of a revival that's taking place. I believe we're right there. I believe that obviously you're saying, but you said that before. But when you talk about the things of God, he doesn't move slow as some people think. He moves exactly according to his speed, but we know that things are happening today. The Bible talks about, obviously, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. So the darkness will increase, but what happens? The light increases also. So the darkness may be increasing, but you and I are to stand firm. And these few verses here that I just want to pull out, I want to talk about them because I believe today that it's very important to understand that we don't want to be a dead church. I don't want to go to a dead church. I want to go to a live church. I want to go where the Spirit of the Lord is. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place today. And when we look at chapter 8 of book of, the act, uh, book of Acts, verse 4, just through uh, verse 8, and we'll look here. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went, and Philip went down to the city of, in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. And when the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. And with shrieks, evil spirits came out of them, many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was great joy in that city. I've always contended that the book of Acts is exactly the way the book that we should be operating today in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The only reason that we may not be to the fullness of what God desires is because obviously we're not asking, we're not seeking, and we're not knocking. And we need to ask him. The things of God, obviously he's sovereign and he's providential and he does certain things and he just does it on and on. We know we're culminating to maybe the end or the last of the last days, it could be. And I'll talk about that maybe the next week of how do we know that we're in the last days. But I want to tell you today that we're to get ready because when that takes place, I want to tell you, those churches that are alive, those churches that proclaim Jesus, we're going to be attacked by the enemy. Now... We don't focus on that, but the Bible says that, that we don't, are not to be ignorant and that we are to be aware of these things when they're coming on. They're coming on today because the church is going to be persecuted today. We see that. I visit with a lot of people who obviously go in and they call themselves Christians, but they do not believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. They don't even, many of them don't even believe in the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They don't believe the doctrine, the purity of the doctrine from the Word of God. They have made up their own doctrines. They've made up all of these things. And we know the Bible talks about that, that they'll actually, churches will be following doctrines of demons in the end of the end times. And Jerry was teaching today. And by the way, Jerry, the anointing of the Lord is upon that class in there too. I'm thankful to the Lord. And, all, and there are things that are happening today. And, and the teaching of the Holy Spirit of God through his servant Jerry is taking place and he's imparting things. And I walk in there and I get splashed on and y'all sitting there listening to him. Y'all are getting just wet with the Holy Spirit of God in there today. Isn't that a good way to uh, obviously be wet? Okay. Okay, that's what's happening in there. I can sense the Spirit of God is speaking in that place. So bring your friends from Mariposa 
and from all over, wherever it may be, tell people about Jesus and tell them of what's happening here at Lighthouse Fellowship. And it's happening all over. And I'm not trying to be, obviously, uh, have uh, necessarily be territorial in that way, but I want to tell you it's a place where they can come and be loved and prayed for and accepted and hear the Word of God and grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. Because most importantly, like just what Jerry said this morning, is our relationship with Jesus Christ. And even in the last days, the Bible says that there'll be a, a great falling away of those people that obviously we thought were believers, but they're not. They had never really received Christ, and they were so weak in their faith, they didn't know which way to turn. Many people are like that today. The enemy's very, very crafty. He's very wise in, in regards to coming in <clears throat> and distorting the truth. He takes a little bit of the truth of what God has said, and then he begins to obviously pervert it and distort it. And people latch on to it. And there are major religions that are made upon that particular basis today. They're all over the place. And you and I need to be grounded in the Word of God. And you and I need to know the Word of God. Because if we don't, when that deception really is beginning to uh, pick, be picked up, then we'll be deceived. It's very, very crafty. He's been around a long time. He's very wise and so forth. But if we'll stay close to Jesus and build upon our intimacy with Jesus Christ, which there is no limit then we will not. We'll be able to go through these per times where there will be persecution. And this was what was happening here when the church was first founded. There was great persecution that was taking place. And one sign I remember seeing there out in front of the church that said that a church alive is worth the drive. A church alive is worth the drive. I don't know how far you came today. I came a ways. But a church alive is worth the drive. I don't want to drive to a dead church. If this was a church where God wasn't moving, then I want to tell you today, I would have stayed up north and I never would have come. I just said no use, but I'm telling you today, God is working at Lighthouse Fellowship. Be encouraged in that and know that God's Spirit is working great things and He's using each and every one of you, whether or not you realize it or not. And I want to encourage you to certainly surrender your life to the, church, to the Lord and let God use you because he's used, he's chosen the body, the corporate body to use. The first thing is, is when you see a church alive is the endurance of the church. They endured regardless of how they were scattered abroad and how they were persecuted. And remember here at this particular time, Stephen had just been stoned to death and Saul was trying to kill every Christian here on the face of the earth. And God got a hold of him on the road to Damascus. But before then, he was trying to kill every Christian. And yet, these Christians continued to endure. These Christians did not back away from their calling, no matter what the persecution will be. And when you and I face persecution, is that we need to be able to stand, we need to know the faithfulness of God, and we need to certainly continue to be grounded in the Word of God, because we're going to be persecuted. If you stand for the truth, the enemy looks at you, and it's like a bullseye on your back and my back. But for a dead church, he goes, boys, just leave them alone. They're already dead. No need to even go in that church. You see, today we've gotten in and so often, and churches have died because they've uh, obviously have not, obviously in a good way, changed and going with what God is doing to, in the earth today. That's why I ask, Holy Spirit, what are you doing right now that we can be a part of? It's what God is doing. And when God reveals that to us, then we say, can I be a part of that? Can I join you in what you're doing? When you have a family, you may want to ask that prayer. Lord, what are you doing in such and such life? What are you doing? And when he begins to reveal that to you, 
is step out in faith and believe it because he's already working. God is working in Ian's life right now. He's already put that down deep. And he's, he's putting Philip and also John and, and Brenda there where he can hear the word of God. He's going to come to salvation. I know we have a choice, but God has a way of getting a hold of us if we'll just continue to be faithful and persevere through this. Obviously, my prayer is, is that God will ignite a spiritual fire in this church like we've never known before. The old friends denomination, when they first started, there was a fire down in the bellies of those who were walking with the Lord. They came to know Jesus personally, to realize Jesus Christ is alive, and he's alive forevermore. They realize that. I pray that God would certainly set a fire in here. But when those fire comes and when lives are being changed, we know that trouble will also come here. There'll be persecution from without and there'll be problems from within. And we're told in 2 Timothy chapter 3, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall, shall suffer persecution. We will be persecuted here. But the believers in the early church didn't surrender when the going got tough. They didn't just give up and go to the house. They stand firm. They press forward. They kept on. When you do something and you know you shouldn't have done, sometimes what we want to do is backtrack. And God is saying, no, confess your sins and get back up and move out because I want to use you. The devil says, get, keep back down there on your beat and knees and get back down there, flat on the ground there. Don't get back up. The devil wants to beat you and I out of our witness but he's not going to do it if we'll stand firm and endure. But that's what he wants to do here. There's no need for Satan to waste his resources on a dead church here. You know, in the modern church, people will get puffed up and quit if somebody sits in their pew. Some are at home and mad right now because they didn't get the attention or recognition that they thought they deserved. Some don't attend because they're too tired or too busy. Others are inactive because something didn't go their way. Some people will tell me, when I ask, are they in a church and all that? And they'll go, no, that's my only day to rest. I have my only day. Let me tell you, there's coming a day of persecution to where they'd wish they'd gone to church and being grounded in the Word of God. That's my only day. So I'm going to go down here and I'm going to ride my big boat out of Kima. And I'm going to get out there in the bay and I'm going to fish. I'm going to do whatever it is I want to do. But I don't want to give God even the time of day. And there's a persecution that's coming today in this country there is obviously the light of Christ that's raising up also. And I believe we're on the edge of revival. But there's a persecution coming for those who reject and reject and reject the Lord. And God says, I'm going to let you have your way. And that's when the devil comes in and he just beats them to death today. You cannot walk with the Lord unless you're in his word, unless you're in prayer, unless you're seeking him today. And operating, let me say this, in the gifts that God has given you and I. Because that was what was happening here with Philip. He walked around. It said that he preached the word of God. And he preached and he saw people healed. He see, saw people delivered today. We should be seeing people delivered. We should be seeing people healed. We should see people certainly coming to the wholeness of Jesus Christ, being in love with that glorious man that's seated at his right hand. His name is Jesus. We need to be in love with him. We're not in love. We've fallen out. We've lost our first love like the church at Ephesus talked about in the book of Revelation. And we're lukewarm like the church at Laodicea. And God is saying, you're lukewarm, and I don't like that at all. I'm going to spit you out of your mouth because I can deal with those that are cold, and I can deal with those that are hot, but those that are sort of lukewarm, they're just sort of muster and like trying to go along to get along and all, and he says, I just can't deal with you. You need to get one or the other. I wish you were one or the other. 
because I can't deal with that. God is saying today that we need to stand firm and we need to build on our relationship with Jesus Christ because people today, they complain about the music, they complain maybe about the sermons, they're fed up with the pastor, they don't like the pastor. They don't like the pastor at all. They say, well, he's too long-winded. He's too long-winded and all that. Let me tell you, when Jesus shows up, manifests his presence in this place, we're not going to budge. We're going to stay in here long and all. We're not going to look at the clock anymore. We're not going to say, let's get home because the roast is burning. We're going to say, let it burn because I'm burning for Jesus. Amen? I'm talking about reality. I'm not talking about fanaticism or emotionalism. I'm talking about the reality of what you and I have been brought into this world for. And that is to honor God and honor Jesus and the Spirit of the Lord. That's who we should be today. And again, some people say, well, it's just my only day. I, I, I have for myself. You know, don't bother me. I, I, I need to rest and relax. Let me tell you, I'm relaxed as I ever be right here in front of you today. I love it sharing the Word of God, and so do you. If you'll get out of your comfort zone and begin to walk in the truth and begin to do that. What does it say here? When all these things happened, what does it say right at the end there? So, then there was great joy in that city. Do you want to experience joy in this church, in this community, Lake City, Texas, and Dickinson, and all around here? Wait until God begins to move. Wait until the fire of God's burning down deep in your belly until you're in love, so passionately in love with Jesus today. You endure persecution. You endure anything, and there'll be great joy as a result there. Well, a lot of people throw up their hands and they quit over petty things. And, and, and you know, what would happen if somebody came in here right now and put a loaded gun to your head? and said, I'm going to kill you unless you denounce and renounce the name of Jesus, would you be able to stand? Or would you say, no, I don't know. I don't know anything about him. Peter, remember what happened? Peter, obviously, denied the Lord. Jerry talked about it today. Would you be able to stand during that time? What would happen if the government says that you can no longer gather to worship? And if you do, you'll be thrown in jail. What would happen? What would happen? Well, we keep preaching the gospel. They kept on. These people endured here. That's why I'm saying this church here was alive. Are we alive? Are we sort of just kind of going on playing mamby-pamby? Are we just going through the motions and playing church here today? Are we willing to give our lives for Jesus Christ? That's what he says. We're no longer our own anyway. We've been bought with a price. The precious blood of the Lamb. If they kill us on this side, we're going home or just a little earlier. But let me tell you, you and I have a, have a heart to say, no matter what happens, we're going to endure because I'm alive in Jesus. And Lighthouse Fellowship has to stand and be alive in that way. But also they see here the evangelism in this church that is alive. They weren't blinded by their circumstances. They had a passion for souls there. It didn't make any difference what they looked like, what they smelled like what they did. Nobody to make any difference today. You know, sometimes we're, we, we look at people and man, we've already measured them up because we've judged a book by their cover. We've looked them up, measured them up and down. They go, well, I don't, I can't fellowship with that one. I mean, he, he, he's real oddball. Well, y'all may say that about me. <laughs> he's a real oddball. He just, 
He doesn't think the way I see. We like those that are like us. We like to get around people. I love rough shoulders. You know, people. Oh yeah, yeah, Jim, that's good. That's good and all that. But somebody comes up and they sort of confront me or do this or that and all that and. You know, it kind of rubs you the wrong way and stuff, you know, all that. Well, you just want to cast them aside and not have any more to do about it. Let me tell you today, people are going to rub you the wrong way if you're living for Christ. But are you going to give up? Are you going to evangelize? Are you going to keep on? These guys are here. Philip. By the way, I was thinking of Philip here. Philip in here. You were too. <laughs> Philip's is sharing. He's on fire. He's going to show Ian. He's going to teach Ian a lot of stuff here. You know, evangelism is vital to the health of the church here. Each day, we should be sharing the good news here. Martin Lloyd-Jones says this, What the church needs most is not to organize evangelistic campaigns to attract outside people, but to begin herself to live the Christian life. If she did that, men and women would be crowding into our buildings. They would say, What is the secret of all of this? We don't have to do that necessarily. If we were living for Jesus and we're on fire, let me tell you, what would happen if this building over here on 3rd Street was on fire, actual fire? Don't you know that a lot of people will be driving up and down here curious of what's happened over here to that church that sits on the corner of 3rd and, and, and all. What's, what's going on here? We're curious about this. Don't you know when your life is on fire for Jesus, they're real curious about what is it about you that's different? How come you can endure? I'm talking about persecution. I'm talking about living every day because we're under assault from within and from without. They're curious of what's going on here. Obviously, Peter was restored himself before he was able to strengthen the brethren and feed the sheep there. And before we can ever truly reach others with the gospel, we've got to first come to a place where the gospel directs our lives and affects our lives on a moment-to-moment -moment basis. Just like last week, just talked about the fact when I let, read that quote of that man, he's saying, you know, uh, the difference between you and me because he was he was in a play that was producing fiction, and all, and he was convincing the people that it was kind of the real thing. But he says, you as a pastor, uh, you're you're somehow presenting fiction, and they're not believing it here. Why? Is because he probably didn't believe it himself. You and I have got to have something now deep burning, and it's only the Holy Spirit of God. We've got to be filled with God until the fullness of God, the Bible talks about, full, filled to all the measure of the fullness of God. We've got to be full of God. And people have got to look at us and say, what they're saying they really believe, and what they're doing they're really walking in that which they believe also. And they're attracted to that. There'll be some that will reject you. But those that obviously, the Bible says that the cross is foolishness to those who believe. But to those who don't believe, it's like, it's terrible. They don't want to see it. But those who are believing, those who God is leading and calling, is they see your life and they want to know what the difference in your life and my life is. But also the exaltation of the church there. He preached Christ. He didn't set out to make a name for himself. He didn't try to fill the buildings. I'm not trying to fill this building up. I'm talking about what we're going to preach here at Lighthouse Fellowship as long as I'm the pastor is I'm going to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen? Amen. I'm going to preach Jesus Christ here. When Jerry was teaching this morning, I listened to what he was teaching. And he was teaching Jesus Christ from the beginning to the end. And that's what we're going to do today. 
I don't have to have some type of Madison Avenue program to bring people and try to persuade people to come in. I need to invite them definitely. But let me tell you today, I'm going to preach Jesus. And when we're preaching Jesus, people will come. Believe it today. Don't let the devil tell you otherwise that we've somehow got to change what we're teaching and maybe change this doctrine doctrine for a seeker type of believer there. I'm not doing that at all. I'm preaching Jesus and him crucified. Let me tell you, in every church that's alive, Jesus has to be the focus in the worship, the teaching, the fellowship, all about Jesus here. Because those that are dead have lost their focus. Oh, trust me, I've been in them. They've lost their focus. You'll never have Jesus mentioned in their services today. I am not here to try to give some type of palatable sermon that you can go out and you can say, man, I feel a whole lot better today. You're going to feel better because your relationship with Jesus is growing, let me tell you. But I'm going to preach Jesus from the beginning to the end and leave the results up to God. We're not changing. We're preaching Jesus here. A lot of people come in and they're church, they're church shoppers. They're church hoppers and, and all. They want to know about the children's ministry. They're looking for a vibrant youth program. They want to know what do we got for senior citizens. They, they want to know they're looking for a specific style of worship. And the preacher, had, he can't be too loud, too long-winded. And the sanctuary's got to look a certain way to please them here. And they'll never ask uh, what I can do for the, for the Lord through this church. They ask, what can this church offer me? Do you know how many times I hear people say, I need to get in a church that feeds me, where I can be fed. And there's nothing wrong with being fed. Don't get me wrong. But that is not the priority. When you get in a church, you get in a church to serve. And if God has called you and you're paying attention... If you can believe that God's going to bless your life beyond anything you could ever imagine today. And it won't because somehow the church is going to cater to you and sort of just mamby-pamby up to you and all this stuff. It will be because you know that you're there to serve the living God. I pray that for every person here. You know you're here because God has brought you here. I've seen people walk away from churches and I'll go, no, don't do that. Because you're walking out of the will of God. Because somehow somebody said something to them and a little bit or maybe they didn't. They hurt their feelings and all that. And we should not do that. Don't get me wrong. But we don't up, pack up and leave because something like that happens. When God has called you to that particular assembly, you serve the Lord with gladness. And you hang in there and endure. You see, the first thing adversity comes, we want to run and hide. And we do want to go to the house. I hate to see people all the time. And I go, the answer, no, I, was, I went to a church and all the pastor talked about was money. All the pastor did this and that. Or somebody said something and kind of got crossways and they've never darkened the doors of a church since that time. They've never come back today. And what does the devil say when that happens? The devil says, aha, I've got them right where I want them to be. This church endures and you endure. I know that because I know you. I know your heart. Don't let the devil talk to, to you about these things. Don't let him spread rumors around in and through you to other people today. Speak the blessings of God into people's lives today. And they'll eventually will crumble and say, oh, I, please forgive me. I... I spoke out of turn. God is saying, this is what's happening in a live church, but also the encounters. 
and the people with one accord, they, they, they saw the miracles that were taking place and miracles. God's still doing miracles today. God heals. God heals today. And I don't obviously presume on that. I just believe it. I believe his promises are for today. I believe he still heals today. I know, obviously, Cindy's a prime example. Y'all are a prime example. God heals today. God provides financially today, amen? Kenny and Lori, yes, indeed. Thank you, Lord. We've waited a long time. We prayed for Kenny and, and Lori a long time in that. And I thought, Lord, are you going to come? I know you're going to come through. Obviously, but it's been a long time coming. <laughs> Listen to the testimony to this day. Don't give up. Endure. We're in a time and a season in the history of the church where you and I need to stand firm and remain steadfast because the devil is working. There is persecution that's really going to be coming and it's going to be coming on strong. You know, Philip there, he was transported and over there to Ethiopian eunuch later on and, you know, he's been seeking the Lord and wanted to know about Jesus. And what am I reading here in the book of Isaiah? And Philip explained it to him. He said, well, boy, I, I believe. I believe. Why can't I be baptized? Be baptized right here in this water. And he did. And Philip went right on back to what he was doing here. And a church that's alive, it will have the evidence of power changing people's lives here. They gave heed to what was happening. And great joy took place. The last thing is the excitement in a church that's alive. The excitement. Have you lost your excitement? Have you said, oh, well, it's Sunday. I got to get up, go to church. I, I you know, Jim, I, I got to go in there and listen to Jim speak. <laughs> Have you lost your excitement? Ask the Lord to stir it. That's what Paul told Timothy. Stir that gift within you down deep. Stir it. Just stir it up, Lord. Stir it up. When that excitement is in your heart and my heart, you want to come to church. I love coming to church. You know, I, I just love it. I love getting around y'all. I love sharing the Word of God. I love praying. I love being around you. I love just talking to you and sharing with you. I want to go to church here because there should be some excitement about, about Jesus. He is the lover of our souls. He is the one that gave himself for us. Everything else is really just a temporary thing, isn't it? Eternity is forever and ever and ever and ever. We need to get excited about Jesus again here. I believe some people would say, well, they've kind of gotten over Jesus. There was a man in Louisiana who got such a double dose when he got saved that his parents sent him to a psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist said, when you were born, when were you born? He said, pardon me, let me express it. When were you born? And he said, well, I've been born twice. Which time are you talking about? And the psychiatrist scratched his head and cleared his throat and said, well, who's your father? And he said, I have an earthly father and a heavenly father. Which one are you talking about? And the psychiatrist said, where's your home? And he said, I have an earthly home and a heavenly home. Which one are you talking about? And by the time the session was over, they had to send the psychiatrist to a psychiatrist. <laughs> Which one are you talking about? I, he was so full and excited about the Lord. When the church is alive, the congregation will anticipate every meeting. They'll want to come to church here, but also the expansion of the church.
the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. We are to share and ask God to light a fire down deep. When that's true, that's the best evangelistic program there is. And God will bring who he wants to bring. Share the Lord. You know, someone has said, you can work in the bakery until you lose the taste for the bread. We've been Christians, maybe some of us for a long time. We've served the Lord for a long time, but we can lose our taste for the bread. We can lose our taste for the Savior because we've been around, we've been around religious groups for a long time here. It's apparent that many Christians today have lost their wonder over Jesus. They dread going to church. They're bored with the sermons. They're all the stuff. They've just grown weary and they don't have a passion anymore down deep in their heart. And let me tell you, apathy is a disease that will eat away at the church. Complacency will spread like cancer. And before long, the church becomes a corpse. A new pastor in a small Oklahoma town spent the first four days making personal visits to each of the members, inviting them to come to his first services. The following Sunday, the church was all but empty. And accordingly, the pastor placed a notice in the local newspaper stating that because the church was dead, it was everybody's duty to give it a decent Christian burial. <laughs> the funeral would be held the following Sunday afternoon, and the notice said, Morbidly curious, a large crowd turned out for the, quote, funeral. In front of the pulpit, they saw a closed coffin, coffin smothered in flowers, and after the pastor delivered the eulogy, he opened the coffin and invited his congregation to come forward and pay their final respects to their dead church. Filled with curiosity as to what would represent the corpse as a, quote, dead church, all the people eagerly lined up to look in the coffin, coffin, and each mourner peeped into the coffin with a guilty, sheepish look. There in the coffin was a mirror, and their own faces stared back at them. <laughs> I'm not driving to a dead church, and neither should you. The church represents Jesus, obviously, the bride. The bride, amen. Uh, last week I asked and I mentioned about pray to the Father that he would uh, give us a Holy Spirit impartation of a passion for Jesus Christ. <coughs> Impart that to our hearts, Father. Have you done that? It'll change your life. It'll change you. Your, your focus will change. Uh, trust me, I know. Ask the Father, give us a, a Holy Spirit impartation. It's like depositing in your heart a passion for Christ, okay? There's a song out. Y'all maybe have heard it by Third Day. And it's Third Day. On the third day he arose. Up from the grave he arose. <laughs> the mighty triumph over his foes. And in the group, the words in this song goes, Lord, let me burn for you again. Lord, let me return to you again. Until I am a soul 
on fire. Let me burn for you again. Lord, let me return to you again until I am a soul on fire. I'll close with this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. Another translation is from glory to glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. You and I will become what we behold. You behold TV. You behold, you'll behold and become a sitcom. <laughs> I don't want to be a sitcom. That stuff's nasty. You watch that junk and watch what sometimes, and sometimes even in the news, what you focus on and what you behold or basically gaze upon and meditate on, you're going to become like that. But if you behold Jesus, and him lifted up, and the word of God revealed to your heart, you'll become more like Jesus. If you behold coming and sharing your life with others, and giving yourself away for Christ, you will become that in that manner. But whatever you behold, you will become. Some people are so negative, you don't want to be around them. They have beholden themselves to being negative. And, oh, I can't do this, and, and God, you know, and all. And, and maybe even doubt. Get rid of doubt. And maybe whatever's going on in your life, you will become what you behold. I want to behold Jesus and become more like him. Let me burn for you again. And let me return to you again. Because I want to be a soul on fire for Jesus Christ. All of us have gifts. I'll finish real quick. <clears throat> and a lot of times we're, gift, we're gifted and we're not using our gifts. And you can ask God, what is my gift? Whatever it may be. And the reason why we're not using our gifts are because it takes energy. And sometimes we doubt and say, well, if I'm using my gift, or maybe, say, for example, it's a, a word that you want to give someone and you encourage somebody, and, well, what if I'm wrong about this? Before long, what's happened? It's a lot easier for us to withdraw into our comfort zone instead of stepping out in faith. Do I always get it right? No, I don't, but I'm not about to give up. But it takes energy to do it. A lot of people are not willing to expend that energy to exercise their spiritual gifts and blessing other people because they want to pull back into their comfort zone and sort of just say, I just kind of want to go and, and sit. Everybody here is gifted. Everybody. You're a child of God. If you're a believer, you're gifted. And God wants to use you. His spirit in you will use you if you're willing to step out in faith and let him use him, use you for his glory, it's for his glory, for his kingdom, and for his honor. Let's pray together.
Father, thank you for your word, your truth, and thank you for your presence in this place. We want to have our souls on fire for you, Jesus. Come and do it. We can't do it. Only you, Holy Spirit, can do it, but we ask that you would do it. And we ask you here, Lord, that we would exercise our gifts in this church, whatever they may be. And then, dear God, we ask, what are you doing? What are you doing, Holy Spirit, here in this church that we can be a part of? You're already set out. We want to join you. Help us to hear you. You're still speaking through your word and through those little small promptings or whatever and the way you desire circumstances. And we want to hear you and we want to be used for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.